0: This is an OHS.com.au production.
1: Okay, welcome back to episode four of the Health and Safety Business Podcast. Today I'm here with Daniel Mayer from coffeeschool.com.au and uh, I recently came across somebody that said there was this whole new thing about accredited versus non-accredited coffee training, which I, I think sounded really crazy in a way. And I just wanted to get to the bottom of why there is even such a difference required and, and what is the reality in the marketplace. So, Dan, could you sort of give us a bit of a background as to uh, what your business does and what the changes have been in the last few years? Um, Yeah, sure, Brendan. Thanks
0: for having me. Well, my business primarily teaches people how to be a barista, how to operate a coffee machine. Um, It all originated when um, 20 odd years ago I had a cafe and I used to train my staff every week how to be a barista. And the first thing I would always ask an an employee, whether it be a wait staff, a kitchen hand, a chef, or a barista would be, the first question would be, do you know how to operate the coffee machine? And most people did not know how to do it. So I would teach them frequently and I would teach them all the time. And one day I had a lady come in who said she wanted to do work experience as part of her um, hospitality course. I'm not sure where she was working. And she said, I need to do uh, one day a week for eight weeks to get my certificate in hospitality. I said, okay. So she came in and I taught her how to make coffee. And then the next Friday she came in and I said, can you make me a flat white? And I said "I said to her, sorry, I said to her, can you make me a flat white? And she said, oh, I've forgotten how to do it. I haven't done it all week. Could you show me again? I said, okay. So I taught her again. And then the next week she came in on the Friday, on the same day she would always come in. And it's a shame I don't recall her name. But anyway, she was a (laughs) nice nice lady. And I said to her, can you make a flat white? And she said, can you show me again? And I said, hang on a minute, what's this course called that you're doing? And she said, oh, it's um, how to run a coffee shop. And I said, so you're doing a course with an institution where they have not taught you how to operate a coffee machine, which is the most fundamental, critical skill required in hospitality. It is the basis of all hospitality. As far as I'm concerned, wherever you work in hospitality, there is now 99% of the venues have a coffee machine. Restaurants, cafes, bars, clubs, hotels, and even petrol stations now have a commercial coffee machine in so, them.
1: So this was sort of, just to give me a bit of a time frame, this was what, the end of the 90s? Is that around about that era? or
0: Yeah, like 20-odd um, years ago. Yeah. So like 96? Yep. Something like that? Yep, yep. So I said to her, so you're doing this course and they haven't shown you how to make coffee, and she said, not yet. And I said to her... Okay, I've just spotted a, a hole in the market. No one is teaching baristas. I closed my cafe, which was in Glebe at the time, and I put up a sign, Coffee School. I got the website, coffeeschool.com.au, and started the coffee school and coffee training industry in Australia exclusively for barista training.
1: So you were like one of the first guys on the block? Well, I believe I was the first because wow.
0: nobody was training people how to make coffee Uh, in the industry at the time and clearly even the hospitality institutions who were teaching hospitality were not viewing it as a critical requirement. Now, my background was running a business, running a cafe and the first thing I would always say to someone, as I said, is can you operate the machine? And if they knew how to do it, I would hire them on the spot. Well, first I would say show me and I would observe their technique and you can tell within 30 seconds to one minute whether somebody knows what they're doing as a barista. And um, if they could do it, I'd hire them. If they couldn't do it, I'd toss up whether I'd want to train them or not. Or, But most of the time I ended up training them and then I realised that,
1: well, I should I should turn this into a business idea. So so back then, what were you charging to, to train somebody up? Well, I when, mean, they if you were the, when they the guy, worked for me, yeah. I
0: charged them nothing yeah. because that was part of the – to get them to the level where I needed them to be at. But when yep. I closed the coffee shop um, – I think it was around um, $90 or something, $99, Uh, then it went up a bit and then we added coffee art to it. Yep. And, yeah, so, yeah.
1: Okay, um, okay. And so, like, you look around these days and there's coffee shops everywhere and there's this massive demand for, uh, I guess, baristas and, like yourself, as a, a former coffee shop owner, the staff are always a bit of a headache and trying to find people that are suitably qualified. This when I found this out the other day that you had to have a now have a certificate to become a barista that astounded me. What, well, when did that well when did all that start coming in?
0: That's not correct. You don't actually have to have a qualification to be a barista. Right. In my opinion, there's no legal obligation for somebody operating a coffee machine to have a piece of paper to say I'm qualified to do it. That would be akin to having a certificate for making cheese sandwiches. They don't have that at the moment? Well, maybe they will introduce the Camembert certificate (laughs) followed by the cheddar, followed by the blue vein. But at this point, I believe 99% of baristas who work in hospitality who are really good baristas are just good baristas. They don't have a certificate. And I always encourage my students, regardless of the accredited certificate that we provide them, do not go into a shop waving, I've got a certificate, I'm a barista. Go into a shop when you, want a, when, when you want a job. Go into the shop and say, I am a barista, I have a certificate, but can I make you a coffee so you can see me, you can observe my technique and you can see that I'm good at it. Because at the end of the day, even if they come in waving their certificate around, as a coffee shop owner, I would, all, I would always say to them, make me a coffee now please, I just want to watch you. It takes one minute. And you can tell, as I said, within one minute, whether they are good or they're not good. But there is no legal obligation for them to have the certificate. I think, in fact, Australia is the only country in the world that I'm aware of where we have an accredited coffee certificate.
1: So when did that accreditation come in? in?
0: I think it came in around 2000. Wow. So it's been around for quite some time. Yeah, because for the first four years... I investigated whether or not there was a regulated qualification for coffee and at the time there was not. Now since then somebody decided to write what they call an accredited training package for being a barista which involves a lot of things that are not relevant to operating the machine such as what are the altitude of beans grown at? Um, You know, how do you change a filter on a machine. These are things that a barista does not need to know from an employer's perspective. From an employer's perspective, if I'm going to hire someone, all I'm interested in is their ability to make good coffee quickly, consistently. So, it's like saying I'm a taxi driver, but I know how to change the oil in the car. The taxi driver does not know how, does not need to know how to change the oil in the car. The taxi driver has to know how to drive the car. And similarly, all the barista has to know is how to operate the machine and make good coffee. Yeah. Um, so in the training package, there are other things that are added to it that don't really improve the quality of your coffee. Um, but a, it is part of the accreditation process. Wh-
1: what about the health and safety aspects? Were they covered in you know, that original course that you did back in the mid-90s through to whenever you became started offering accredited training? Were the health and safety aspects still there or or what What are some – because the the, the, uh, the guy I was speaking to the other day who had just done a course just out of interest, he was saying, oh, there's a certain colour cloth to, you know, w- wipe the milk wand and another colour cloth and you can't put that cloth on the bench because, you know, you can have cross-contamination and I guess it's a whole yeah, range that, of that, food safety concerns. Yeah, that's, that is a concern but that is so common sense that, you know, to make that a mandatory
0: part of the course is – well, they do it as – regulation but you know it's a bit like saying you, the the cloth that you use for wiping the steam wand exclusively is for wiping the steam wand it should not be used for wiping a bench and that's why they have the color coding so you know for example you may choose to use the blue cloth exclusively for the bench blue for bench and you may use the green cloth exclusively for the steam wand all day long and you rinse them out as you use them but you do not cross contaminate but for me personally that's logic so when I used to train baristas before any accredited, accredited accreditation came in. It was like, please make sure that you use the same cloth only for the steam wand, and if you want another cloth, pick another colour and use it for the bench. But th- that is the biggest safety issue with, um, with um, food contamination. And safety, well... <sighs> You really have to show the student that the steam wand is hot. Now, the thing about a coffee machine is that when it makes that big frothing sound, people get scared of the sound. Yeah. And I used to say to my students, and I still do, do you use a stove at home? And 99% will say yes. We boil pasta and we fry Mm -hmm. eggs. And I'll say to them, well, a stove at home is far more dangerous than this steam wand. The only difference is the stove at home doesn't make the sound. You're only afraid of the sound. Just be aware that the steam wand is hot. If you're going to manipulate its position, you take a thick tea towel or use the milk pot, but you do not grab a steam wand because it is always hot. There's always steam piping through it. You make that very clear to the students, okay? You, You demonstrate how hot it is and you show them you don't grab it. If you want to move it, you take the cloth and you use the cloth to protect your hand to move its position. That is the biggest issue. And the other thing is the hot water that comes out of the machine for making tea. Be aware that there is a spout for hot water. And when you put the cup under or a teapot under the spout, you do not hold the teapot. You place it there. You remove your hands. Then you activate the, the, the source that makes the water come out, whether it be a lever or a tap. And you do not touch it while the hot water is coming out. So common sense prevails that your hand is nowhere near hot water. You turn it off and then you take the cup or the teapot away. But you don't hold it. Yep. You place it there. That
1: all makes good sense. Well, it's all very
0: fundamentally (laughs) logic. It's like I don't want to hurt myself. How do I prevent myself from hurting myself? I use a cloth to protect myself from the steam wand. Yep. I don't hold a teapot while I'm pouring hot water into it. That's it.
1: So, so I'm interested to hear a little bit more about the journey that you went through. So in the early days, you were the first, on, the first coffee school on the block, more or less. What were the student numbers like in the early years, and how has that changed over the last, I guess, 20 years? What, what's happened with the industry, in other words?
0: Well, the industry's grown. Hospitality's grown. We expanded from Sydney to Brisbane to Melbourne and to Perth. Um, so we became national Australia-wide, and the industry has grown. There is a lot more competition now. Um, there are many places doing it. A lot of people um, saw what coffee school was doing and said, oh, we could do that to promote our coffee beans. So many coffee bean suppliers then started their little coffee academies to help them market their beans, but their intention was always to sell beans, sell beans that's rather right. than do training, but they would do training as part of their bean supply marketing. Yep. Um, a lot of people just duplicated what I did, uh, including TAFE and, um, you know, it's not difficult. It's like piano teacher. Anyone who's who's a reasonably good musician and qualif- well has done a lot of uh, study with music can say, I'm a piano teacher. Yeah. But now you, you need the accreditation
1: to provide the certain certificates. So students are coming in re- requesting that accreditation, the nationally recognised accreditation, or is it just something that is now part and parcel with, like, for example, Victoria Coffee, do they have – are they a nationally recognised course or are they just doing a, an awareness course for – I'm not sure what yep. Victoria do, but but I know that some students unfortunately
0: think that it's a legal obligation right. to have a certificate in making coffee. It is not a legal obligation. The, the real benefit of the, the coffee certificate is that you could put it towards a hospitality certificate yep. uh, as one of the units. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, from an employer's point of view... You want to be able to
1: make good coffee, right? That's the, that's the mandatory that's part. It. And
0: in fact, I have many students who just say, I just want to do the course and they fail to submit the written assessment. They're not interested in getting their accredited certificate. They just want to make beautiful coffee at home. Their, yep. their intention is they have a machine at home. They want to know how to operate it. They want to know how to get the best out of it. They want to know how to do the pretty pictures... At home. (laughs) Um, Love hearts. Yeah, love hearts, leaves, flowers, rosettas, you know, whatever you can think of creatively. Yep. Um, And they do it for that reason. So a big portion of the people would be doing it for employment purposes. Um, A smaller portion are doing it because they're opening a cafe and as I say to the people who are opening a cafe, you need to know how to make coffee, one, for when your staff don't show up for work, you know how to do it because... That happens, unfortunately, that you will have to be a barista at certain times. And two, when you're hiring someone, you need to be able to say to them, show me, make me a coffee. And if you don't know how to do it correctly, how will you know that they are doing it correctly? So you need to know what to look out for when you're watching a barista and say, okay, I can see that their pot uh, technique of frothing the milk is good. I can see they understand how to extract it. I can see that they're doing it in a logical consecutive order. Um, it 's really obvious that they 're rinsing and they 're doing all the correct things to ensure that they 're getting the best coffee out of that machine with the bean that they 're using, and they understand the
1: fundamentals
0: of making coffee
1: So where do you see the industry going from here? It seems like it 's reached that saturation point it 's like so many coffee schools, so many providers, everybody 's drinking coffee what do you, Where do you see any opportunities coming up or is there any industry trends that you think may happen? Being a bit of an innovator, I see you as Stan. So. I, I don't know where the industry is headed. I know
0: that people are continuing to consume coffee and enjoy coffee. Um, you know, society loves coffee and they expect a certain standard and we want the standards to be maintained and, and uh, even raised so that regardless of where you go, whether it be that petrol station, whether it be the, the pub, whether it be the obviously the cafe, and even the football stadium, you should be able to get a decent coffee which reminds me once I went to a f- football stadium and they had the best machine, they had the best bean and my God, Brendan, did I get a terrible coffee? I could not believe how bad it was <laughs> and I wasn't watching the barista so I didn't know what they did but look, I, I reckon one, they didn't clean the machine, Yeah, fundamental, Yeah, right? You've got to have your your equipment cleaned constantly, frequently. And maybe two, they just had no idea of how to set the grinder right um, and no idea how to to froth the milk.
1: It's easy to get wrong, isn't it?
0: Well, as part of the way I teach coffee is I teach the students how not to make coffee. So I show them how many ways can you destroy the coffee. Let's go through the ways of what you should avoid doing. One, burn the milk. Burn the milk. It's all over. (laughs) Forget about it. It's yeah. finished, okay? So that's the first. Um, two, over-extract the coffee. Put too much in. Add dirty water to clean coffee. You know, that's a big no-no. Three, you don't get your grind setting right. It'll come out too quickly. It'll be very watery. Um, these are examples of what not to do. You teach these things, the student is aware of what to look out for. And it does. again, it doesn't matter which machine you're learning on, whether it be a commercial machine or a domestic machine, the technique is the same. So people often say to me, Oh, well, how will I know how to use the machine at work? And I'm like, they're all the same. It's mm-hmm. like a car, a Ford, a Mitsubishi, a Toyota. Once I teach you how to operate a commercial coffee machine, you can operate any coffee machine. The brake is the brake. The accelerator is the accelerator. The steam wand is the steam wand. The group head is the group head. Yeah, it's They're all universally the same. It's it's So if you're using, I teach you on the big commercial machine. You go home, you have a little domestic machine. Everything is the same except the machine is small and cute. Yep, that makes sense.
1: Okay, well, we're going to wrap up now. I'm just going to ask you a few sort of out, outro questions. Um, how old are you? 47. 47, okay. And what do you do to keep fit? Uh, run and surf. Run and surf. That sounds, sounds uh, like a man after my own passion. Um, how many hours sleep do you get on average? Uh, I try for seven if I'm lucky. Seven I try to. Okay. Um, have you got any personal goals that you're looking to achieve in the next 12 months? Peace of mind is a big one. Peace of mind—that's a good one. That's a good one. And then uh, finally, what business achievement would you like to be most remembered for? Oh, I, 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 bringing coffee to Australia, coffee training to Australia. Yeah, maybe.
0: I, I haven't really thought about it. I, I really. You know, if people remember me, great. If they don't, well, that's yep.
1: okay. I'm just another dot on the universe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Dan. Well, it's been great having a chat to you. If people want to find out a little bit more about Coffee School, where can they go? Coffeeschool.com.au. Okay, Dan, thanks very much. Great speaking. Thanks, Brendan.